thing is, until you can erase three Februaries, shut up. Quality over quantity. LeBron has beaten some of the best competition in NBA history. He's the GOAT emoji. I will not cuss. I will not cuss. I will not swear. I will not swear. Where sports is the base, life and fun are the results. This is The Brian Snow Show. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Brian Snow Show as I come to you live from Edinburgh, Indiana. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Mike DeBate is on the way. He will talk some NFL draft stuff with me. But um, let me send, as I constantly do, a note of thanks to everyone that has contributed to the uh, Snow Strong Family Initiative. And uh, I cannot thank you all enough for your for your contributions and helping my wife and I get situated. As you know, I have survived pancreatic cancer. It was supposed to take me out, but it didn't. A little surgery from Dr. Attila Nakib at the IU Med Center has led to this. And it's led to a chance for us to reset. And I want to thank you all. For, for all that have contributed so far, there are a lot of names for me to list. I won't have the time to list them here, but I will list them on air another time. And uh, I've already thanked them uh, through, uh, through GoFundMe, and uh, I can't thank you all enough. So if you see the address for those of you watching on uh, CSTV now and those of you watching on YouTube, the address is at the bottom of your screen. But if you want to help contribute to the fund, uh, it is GoFund.me slash E283E211. That's E283E211. That's the address that you need. Well, we're going to talk uh, NFL draft stuff here here in a few minutes. As I said, I got Mike DeBate, uh, the senior insider for Snowman Multimedia Sports, on the way to talk all things NFL draft. We're going to focus on a couple of teams. And uh, beginning next week, we're going to prep you all for the draft as I have Mike on each and every afternoon pre, uh, previewing what everyone needs and what you should do, what everyone, what uh, all the teams need to do for the NFL draft. So let me touch on this before Mike gets here. Y'all remember that trade that the 49ers made with the Dolphins to get the number three pick and they selected one Trey Lance. Well, it seems like, and they're the uh, the 49ers are fielding calls to trade Trey Lance, but I haven't seen anything to the uh, to confirm that they are going to trade him. But it seems like they're in the works to do so. And uh, like I like it was mentioned earlier. Today, it was mentioned on Snowman in the Morning, I beg your pardon, that uh, they're trying to recoup the picks that they lost. And that's going to be tough to do because it's just going to depend on, A, the trade partner that they find, and B, what they have to offer. Now, a lot of things have happened with the 49ers. They They have gotten a lot of compensatory picks to help out, to, uh, help out matters, but are they really going to be able to recoup what they had uh, recoup what they had before they gave up the farm for Trey Lance because though Brock Purdy has rescued the 49ers you don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to start game 1 part 1 and part 2 you don't know if he's going to be healthy at all to play in to play this season it's really going to depend let me welcome Mike debate to the program as we talk all things NFL Draft. Good afternoon, Mike. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Brian. Always an honor to close out the week in style with you here, and uh, can't think of a better way to do it. We can't wait for this week coming up. Man, next Thursday night is the NFL Draft, so I will begin uh, locally here with the Indianapolis Colts, and they got a bunch of problems because some problems that we didn't identify that would happen 
along the offensive line. The offensive line became very porous as the season went along. The quarterback situation, that's a, that is something that needs to be talked about a lot. And then the injury bug hit them, especially hit one Jonathan Taylor. Let's start with the quarterback position. If there is an identifiable, if there is a big time quarterback that's available for them at four, because we know the first two names on the board, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, a question was posed yesterday, and I'll pose it to you. If CJ Stroud, and I'm focusing on CJ Stroud because another AFC South team is interested in him, if CJ Stroud falls to the Colts at four, do they pull the trigger and take him? Yeah, I mean, I think the argument is yes, they do. And I think C.J. Stroud is one of the more gifted throwers of the football in this draft coming up. And I think that uh, to say that he's going to fall to four is a little bit maybe over-aggressive at this point. But one thing I'll tell you is that we know that quarterbacks can't fall in this draft. And we've seen it for any reason. Uh, sometimes we don't know right up until the day of the draft that this is going to happen. I could very easily see C.J. Stroud fall to the Colts at number four. And if they do, they'd be wise to take him. Again, the fundamentals, to me, show that he'll be playing pretty much any type of an offense, and I think he would be a good fit in Indy. Should C.J. Stroud fall to four and the Colts do take him, what happens to Sam Erlinger? Well, that's the question. You know, Sam Erlinger right now I think is a good prospect. I think he can lead the Colts if they have to by default if he's going to come in and be the starter for this team. But I don't see him projecting as a long-term solution for this team. Whereas C.J. Stroud... Uh, we're having we're having a few connection problems with uh, we're having a few connection problems with Mike Debate and we just lost him. We're going to try to get him back in here in just in, in just a moment. But let me ask the folks let me ask the folks in the chat that are that are tuning in as we wait for Mike to come back to us. Do you if you're the Colts, do you take C.J. Stroud should he fall to number four? Do you take C.J. Stroud? I have always been of the yeah we lost we lost Mike. Um, we're we're gonna hope to, we're gonna hope to get him back here in in just a moment. Do you? And I think we I think we got him back. Uh, apologies for this, folks. Um, we do. I probably, <laughs> I'm here, Barry. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but I've been at the contention that. CJ is not ready, but if he falls to the right team, the right team would not be the Texans. It, you would think it would be the Colts. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, I'm not I'm sure not where I got where cut I got off cut before, off so if this, this is a little bit repetitive, I do apologize. But the reasons that I think CJ is a better fit for the Colts than a team like the Texans is their penchant for looking for quarterbacks that have very good passing game instincts. That's going to be where he shines. Uh, if they are looking to incorporate a scheme fit right now that is going to be a spread offense, very play action heavy, I think this is where he can shine. So I do like him in Indy more than I like him for the Texans right now. I think it's just a better fit and I think it's a better option for them. So I definitely hear where you're you're coming from in terms of C.J. Stroud being NFL ready. There are, you know, instances where you know maybe the anticipation gets a little bit over aggressive. I can see that. Uh, there are some circumstances that teams are going to have to work through if they're not ready. But at the same time, I also think Stroud's upside gives him an upper hand over a lot of prospects in the draft. Here's the biggest thing that Stroud can lean on. His name is Jonathan Taylor. He's getting back from an injury. Uh, he had a record-setting season two years ago, even though the Colts did not make the playoffs. 
because of their own undoing. They lost the last two games of the year, which they should have won. But when you can turn the hand the ball to number 28 and you can do that 25 times a game, it also helps you develop as, as a young quarterback. You know, Peyton Manning had Edwin James to lead on to to lean on. So the advantage is there for CJ Stroud should he fall to number four for the Colts. The biggest advantage has to be Jonathan Taylor. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like you said, there is something to be said about a young running back, a talented running back being, you know, benefiting from having a young, talented quarterback on his side. And those two work hand in hand. And especially the type of game that CJ is predicated on, uh, you know, being very heavily, uh, you know, reliant upon play action. You need a solid running game to be able to set that up better than Jonathan Taylor to be able to uh, base him for that. So this is a hand in glove fit. And I think Indy is very, or at least they should be, I'd be interested in trying to pair these guys up for the upcoming season. But again, it's going to be the way the cookie crumbles on Thursday night. Does he fall to number four? That's the big question. Does Houston lay off him? You can make the argument, does Carolina lay off him? I know everybody is automatically penciling uh, you know, Bryce Young in as the number one quarterback that chose. I don't think that's a 100% given yet. I still think there is a jury out on that. So that's going to be dependent upon what I'm going to make a strange comparison, but I know you'll understand why I'm making this comparison because Bryce Young, quarterback from Alabama, high up on a lot of draft boards, just the same as, I don't know, one, two of Tagovailoa, Tagovailoa was before his injuries. And Bryce Young has... He's got the tools. Don't get it twisted, folks. He has the tools. But the problem with me is if you look at one game, and that's the game against Georgia in the national championship game, he was not at his best. And those tools did not come together. His decision-making was not together, especially on one of the last passes he played, which was picked off by Keely Ringo and returned for a 76-yard touchdown to seal the national championship game. So if you look at Bryce Young, where would he fall and who would be, which team would be the best fit for him? Well, obviously, if you're talking Bryce Young and you're talking a scheme fit, he's going to be ideal in a spread offense. And so you look now at either Carolina or Houston, obviously, they're top of the line. Those guys have the first dibs on whatever quarterback is going to be selected. I'm hard-pressed to say that I think Bryce is a better fit for any of these three teams, including the Colts that we're talking about, um, over someone like a C.J. Stroud. But in my opinion, if you're going to go with someone as, you know, having a very high football IQ, accuracy, ball placement, I think Bryce Young's best fit is probably with Carolina. And the reason why I say that is because Carolina is probably the most desperate of a quarterback that can not only come in that has been the physical tools to be able to be physically impressive, athletically impressive, but also mentally, emotionally impressive. And I think Bryce Young does fit that qualification. If there are size concerns without any questions, I think you're probably better off going with that type of a guy. And Bryce Young, to me, is one of the more high football IQ ready for the pro level as terms of some prospects. Speaking of a cerebral signal caller, the Panthers are led by one in the form of Frank Reich, who, of course, was the coach of the Colts. For a, for a while, five seasons worth, uh, before he was dismissed, and now you get Frank Reich in Carolina. How would that fit? If Bryce Young were to be taken by the Panthers with the number one pick, how would those two fit together in Carolina? Well, I think right now the biggest key and the biggest question right now when you come to, uh, to Bryce Young 
specific than he is. Work the deeper portions of the field, also work the intermediate areas of the field as well. Bryce does a pretty good job at doing both, but you need to find that blend. You need to find your sweet spot, especially in a break-right offense. When you mentioned it, someone who is a very big-time cerebral you know, play caller, someone who can really coordinate an offense from the quarterback position. That's not an easy thing to do, but Reich is someone that has the ability to do it, and we saw that coaching style in Indianapolis. We know he's going to be taking that to uh, Carolina. So at this point, if you're going to do that and you're going to make him fit, you have to get on the same page. These guys have to be in sync. They have to be ready to go um, and ready to call the same type of game because if there's going to be any type of confusion out there or you have one, you have a coordinator or a head coach going in one direction and a quarterback going in another, it's a recipe for disaster. I watched it last year with the New England Patriots where Mac Jones is going one way, Patricia and his staff is going staff another, is and it just led to uh, you know disastrous <laughs> results on the field. I don't see that happening in Carolina if Young is their is their quarterback, or even someone like a Stroud, or even an Anthony Richardson. If he does decide that you know that they're going to go with athleticism and upside, uh, I think they're going to listen to Frank because he has that gravitas play, having played the position, to be able to dictate what these guys are going to do. And dictating what these guys are going to do, dictating what the team is going to do. Let's go to number three and look at the Arizona Cardinals. They've signed Kyler Murray to a big extension, but you and I mentioned it for the past two seasons. The biggest problem for the Arizona Cardinals is simple. Who are they going to give the ball to 25 times a game? Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. until they figure that out and until they take some pressure off of Kyler, who I know a lot of Cardinals fans love to poke at and say, well, you know, maybe he's not ready. Maybe he's not the guy. You know, I, I don't know if it's going to be a situation where you can make the argument one way or another after this year even, but they need, he needs some help. And, and to me, I think someone like a Bijan Robinson makes a ton of sense for these guys. Um, you know, it's it's difficult to say because there's so many needs on that team right now. I know that defense could use, uh, you know, someone like a Will Anderson to come in and really get their opportunities that we've mocked at this point, uh, you know, to, uh, to them several times. But, but I think they really should be taking the work in running back and benefit the pressure off of uh, Kylan Murray. And Bijan is the most elite runner in this class right now. I think it just stands to reason that he'd be someone to take one look at. Bijan Robinson, the best running back in the in this draft, should fall to the Arizona Cardinals. And I repeat the word should, and I capitalize it as well. But who are we talking about here? We're talking about the Cardinals. My friend Michelle is listening from Arizona right now, and she has and she has the same question. Matter of fact, she just texted me and uh, posed this question to you, so I'll send it back to you, Mike. Do the Cardinals take Bijan Robinson? Should he be available? This is from Michelle in Phoenix, Arizona. If I'm the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals, yes, absolutely. Because I think that there is an opportunity for him to fit into any type of offensive scheme that you want to run. He's best in zone run concepts, but if Arizona decides that they're going to run a little bit more in terms of, you know, um, you know, man situations where they're going one-on-one -on -one and trying to get uh, the offense spread out a little bit, I think he can definitely complement that as well. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot to like about this kid. His athleticism is just phenomenal. Phenomenal. He's explosive. He knows how to elude defenders. A great speed, prototypical build, uh, everything that you want in a running back, including his ability to receive out of the backfield and even throw blocks. Uh, that's how good this kid really is. There's injury concerns. Um, you know, downplayed, and it's also not something that can be ignored, but at the same time, the upside is tremendous, and he is head and shoulders above uh, most of the other runners in this. I like Jameer Gibbs out of uh, Alabama, there's no question about it, um, you know, and uh, I like, uh, you know, Charbonnet as well, but I also, uh, you know, think that Bijan is that much better. I can't see Arizona doing a better job of being able to draft him if he's available. I'm looking at uh, the later rounds in the draft, and we'll get to that later on in the hour. Staying in round one, another team that I want to look at that made a lot of significant strides, and they can make more significant strides and compete for a division championship, that would be the Detroit Lions. They're picking at six on a trade from the Los Angeles Rams. 
Where, what does Detroit do to fortify their team and get them back to the level where they were back in 1991? Well, I think there might be, believe it or not, I think they might be closer to that level than most people think. I think it's, um, it, it's difficult to make that statement without, I think, a lot of people snickering. But the, the Lions are starting to build some things in the right direction. And if they are serious about wanting to contend, I can see them going in a number of different ways. Most people will tell you their biggest need is on defense. They need a defensive tackle. They need a linebacker or a defensive lineman, even a cornerback, someone along the edge. Uh, that's where you really need to build in this team. If I'm in the first round and I'm looking at options, I know a lot of my colleagues kind of scoffed at this when I said this in our uh, mock draft that we did earlier this week for Locked On, but I go with Devin Witherspoon out of uh, Illinois in the quarterback position. This kid has a chance to be a franchise quarterback for so many uh, you know, seasons, and I really love the selection of him. I think him sixth overall. I think he's that much worth it. I think you can look at what he brings to the table. I put him as 1-1A with Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon right now. Um, just to me, one of the better prospects in this draft and someone that someone can't, can't miss for them. For them. Uh, if you're looking, if you're looking down, looking down the line in the uh, yeah, in the first round, you have a couple of first rounders. Um, you know, if you look at the defensive line, and I think that's somewhere where they can go. Uh, I also like uh, Brian Brisa out of uh, Clemson, the defensive lineman there. I think he's keen for someone that can come in and be a contributor to the Lions. But if I'm Dan Campbell, I'm definitely looking at defense in the first round with at least one of the picks, maybe both. Send your questions to the chat, folks, if you're checking us out via YouTube or if you're checking us out via CSTV and CSTVnow.com. You can text your, text your questions to 919-247-3622. And what we're working on is uh, having, a lot of, having a lot more peripherals for the folks uh, watching in Reno, Nevada, or from Reno, Nevada, as we made the uh, Northwest Bay, the uh, uh, West Coast, I should say. Our good friend, Be Easy, checking in, saying keep up the great work. We appreciate it. I want to look at this running back. Speaking of Illinois, I want to look at the running. I want to look at a running back by the name of Chase Brown, their leading rusher and leading receiver out of Illinois, who played in a bowl game this year. Who would be the team that would snatch him? Would he be one of the? Would he be one of the hidden gems on the board? Yeah, I think he can be. I think this is a real rotational running back, someone that can really succeed in a zone-heavy scheme. So if you look at a team that loves to run the zone and wants to have this kid run on the perimeter, that's where he's going to fit most. You know, he reminds me a lot of Raheem Mostert, a guy that I know you're very familiar with. I think there's a similar style there and a possible, uh, you know, uh, maybe mold fit if you're looking at what this kid can do on the field. But he's an explosive runner. He's got track-level speed. That's definitely Obvious when he gets around these soft edges, he can really explode uh, dynamic acceleration, and he's quick to break the ankles of pursuit in the secondary. So if he gets deep into the defense, this kid can elude some of the faster defenders. He's going to see a safety position, even in the cornerback position. I like Chase and Austin. I'm glad that you mentioned them because he does have the ability to be a very solid pickup for a team that loves to incorporate some concepts into their running game. 12 out of 13 games, uh, Chase Brown has had a uh, hundred yard games and he had uh, six consecutive to start the season and I know my fans the fans going to come out at me so I'm going to bring it out right now imagine Chase Brown in red and gold in that scheme in San Francisco Oh, I'd love it I would really really love it he's got the feet light enough to be able to get the cuts that loves his running backs. Uh, he is a very good, uh, uh, solid contributor in pass protection. He's not the type of guy that you're going to give the ball to when you need a bad run. And I'm sorry to say it. I mean, not at 5 9 5 He's just, that's not how he's built. He's going to get rotated out in those situations. But if you have a player and a running back that's capable of handling those power runs, this is a phenomenal complimentary player that can do a lot. He's got, again, great explosion and someone that can receive out of the backfield. And he can break for the big play when you want to. Don't let the size fool you. This kid is definitely capable of giving you, uh, you know, definite big yardage if he gets enough space in front of him. So I think it's a good fit in San Francisco, and I think he'd be great. Looking at the bottom of uh, round three, the 49ers have three picks, and these are comp these are compensatory picks, and these are huge. 
99, 101, and 102. That's all San, that's all San Francisco. Chase Brown could fall to that. And I say again, imagine Chase Brown in San Francisco in that scheme. And the biggest thing that Chase Brown would do, he would be able to spell one Christian McCaffrey. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, without a question. And I think that there is a lot of similarities in the way that he could fit in the way he did uh, in college, fitting in with someone like Christian McCaffrey, who is a very giving running back, he's a very giving teammate in terms of being able to impart wisdom and counsel with people like Jay Bryant. Uh, but I do think, I think he can be a high volume runner. I think he can take a lot of pressure off. I love C Mac, one of my favorite players to watch, but there is injury history there. And the injury bug does bite him throughout the season. Season. Chase Brown Chase is proven that he can be a bell cow if you need him to be. So this makes a lot of sense for San Francisco. Again, it's going to be how they're going to use their mid-round capital, but I think they'd be very smart to consider him with one of those picks that you just mentioned for all the reason that we talked about uh, because he does fit very well into this type of system. And they've had the success over the course of their franchise history to find that running back that would be that, that would be strange for them to pick, but also it would be a great pick for them. Hello, Roger Craig, Tom Rathman. Uh, lately, uh, we mentioned uh, Raheem Mostert. Of course, he was picked. You know, he was picked by Cleveland, but San Francisco signed him. He gave him uh, four great years. But now they got a bell cow in development in the form of Elijah Mitchell, who can really, really toe the rock for them. But to have Chase Brown backing them up would be huge. Look at the quarterback position for San Francisco. We all know that's in a flux right now with the surgery uh, with Brock Purdy. That's a uh, chance he may wind up having Tommy John surgery. My friend Chris Dietz mentioned that as well. But San Francisco made an under-the-radar move, which a lot of people scoffed at, and I know some of your colleagues scoffed at it as well. They signed Sam Darnold to a one-year deal, and now they're fielding calls for Trey Lance. If there's a quarterback that can succeed in this system, and we talked about this a couple of years ago, it's Sam Darnold because now he has weapons. Absolutely. Talking about the ghosts comment and the Ghostbusters. I had a lot of fun with that writing about that during that period when he was quarterback in the Jets. But look, this kid is obviously someone that hasn't had the type of protection, the type of weapons around him that allowed him to showcase his skills. Can't make that argument in San Francisco. He has a solid offensive line in front of him to block to keep him clean in the pocket and allow him the opportunity to maneuver outside of it. He's got the weapons in terms of tight ends, wide receivers, and running backs that can not only carry the ball, but also receive it out of the backfield. If there is an opportunity for Sam Darnold to really resurrect his career, career, San Francisco is a perfect place for him. And I think this is a great signing. I think it's a smart signing. I don't think it necessarily uh, reflects a, uh, a, uh, a doom and gloom for Trey Lance in the San Francisco 49ers uniform, but what this does is it gives the Niners an opportunity to go with the player they feel is the best fit for them until Brock Purdy comes back. And when that happens, that's when you're going to see the franchise quarterback take his spot. But trying to keep that spot warm, I think they could have really done a lot worse than Sam Donald. I've always been higher on him than most because I thought he got a bad shake in the, with the Jets and just ran into a bad situation in Carolina uh, when they unloaded and they, uh, they picked him up. So this is an opportunity for him and he takes advantage of it. He ran into, yes, Donald ran into an awful situation in Carolina and he couldn't stay healthy. Uh, on the field, just the same, just the same as McCaffrey, and unfortunately, that injury history is is there. Speak. Uh, let's stay with the 49ers. What do they do to replace Mike McGlinchey at right tackle? Is there a tackle in this draft that they can that they can pick up and immediately insert him into that position the same way they did with Mike McGlinchey drafting him out of Notre Dame? Well, I mean, it depends on where you want to go and how high up you want to go. I mean, McGlinchey is a tackle right now that I think is uh, one of the better. I mean, obviously, he was definitely one of the better tackles in this free agent class, and he was paid as such. But if the San Francisco 49ers want to go big time and they really want to go, you know, high up into the draft, I don't think they'll be in the running for guys like Brett Jones, Harris Johnson, Those guys are going in the top half. First round, so to me, if the Niners are 
position, trying him with an early second rounder. Dewan's gaining some steam from what I'm hearing uh, in certain circles, so I expect him to be taken beforehand, but he would be an amazing fit. You want to talk about an athletic guy with a tremendous wingspan and just overwhelming. Uh, yeah, good luck joining around. That's going to be very, very difficult to do. Um, Francisco is when they signed Trent Williams from the Washington Redskins because they he really solidified that line to the point where now they can concentrate on the right side of that line. Uh, Jake Brindell, Jake Brindell has resigned. Spencer Burford is there, um, but at this, but but at the same time, signing Trent Williams has allowed the 49ers to really concentrate on building that line. So if there's a place they're going to go in this draft, they're really solidifying that. They're really solidifying that offensive line. We're going to take a break. Uh, let's see if we get Mike uh, a, a better connection. So let's take a break. And when y'all get back, we'll talk more of the draft with our guest, Mike debate, our senior insider for snowman multimedia We'll have Mike reconnect, and when we come back, we'll talk some more draft after this. So this thing called sports, it has fans again. It has full stadiums, full arenas, and more. And you want to be a part of it, don't you? Of course you do. If you begin to scour the resale market, there will be tickets available. And what you need to get those tickets that you want so badly is SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the app available to you that lends a hand in helping you get the tickets that you want for the events that you want. SeatGeek rates the tickets on a 1 to 10 scale, and the best part is the tickets are vetted for authenticity so you know what you are getting and you know you are not getting scammed. And now you can save even more by using the code SNOWMAN and getting 20 bucks off with your very first purchase. Yes, you can do all of that with the power of SeatGeek, helping you get to the games that you want so you fans can fan. So let's all fan. Here's an important message from the diet. Here's an important message from the Diabetes Solution Center. Do you like pricking your fingers to test your blood sugar levels? No one does, but it's important to maintain your health. And now, by wearing a small remote device called a Continuous Glucose Monitor, or CGM, you don't need to prick your fingers anymore. It's easy to use and helps you make more accurate diabetes treatment decisions. If you are testing your blood sugar three or more times daily, injecting insulin, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetes Solution Center right now. And if you have Medicare or most major insurance coverage, you may be able to get a new CGM at little to no out-of-pocket cost. Shipping is free and will even bill your insurance company for you. If you are testing your blood sugar three or more times daily, injecting insulin, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetes Solution Center right now to learn how to end the painful finger sticks and get your own continuous glucose monitor or CGM at little to no out-of-pocket cost. Hey everyone, I'm joined by my own. Hey everyone, I'm joined by my old friend, Mr. Ellis Williams, AKA Mr. Biggs. You called me and you told me, you said, man, I got Car Shield and it worked. What made you get it? I have this old SUV and I know the manufacturer warranty is about to run out. I didn't want to get stuck with expensive car repairs. Right. So I gave Car Shield a call. Covers were very affordable and there was no long-term contract. A few months after that, transmission went on my car. 
I took it to my mechanic. They called CarShield and saved my family on $2,400. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. Their administrators have paid out over a billion dollars in claims and cover most vehicles from 5,000 to 150,000 miles. You'll receive 24-7 roadside assistance, courtesy towing, rental reimbursement at no additional charge. Give CarShield a call today before it's too late. Remember... Car seal cars go farther. Protect yourself now against expensive auto repair bills. Call 800 513 9263. Welcome back. Uh, Brian Snow here with you. Uh, Mike Debate's connection went out. He's uh, trying to reconnect via mobile, so he'll be back with us in, uh, in a couple of moments. Talking all things NFL draft, and uh, I got plans of having Mike on. Uh, each day next week, and also next week, uh, what's going uh, what's going to happen is that I'm going to do a draft special and cover the and cover the entire NFL draft all the way through the weekend. Uh, focus will be on the two teams in my household, the Colts and the 49ers. But we're going to have everyone send in their questions. Get your questions ready. Send them in now. You can email them to uh, snowmanmultimedia at gmail dot com. Or you can text them live throughout the show at uh, 919-247-3622. I'll set up a special text line for everyone that wants to uh, talk NFL draft and whatever they want to do. You can do that uh, as well. As mentioned, I'm uh, I'm waiting on Mike DeBake to uh, reconnect with us as we're halfway through uh, the Brian Snow Show this afternoon. And just in case he doesn't make it back because technology is trying to be a royal pain, I want to thank you all for tuning us in this afternoon. I really want to thank you for tuning in to uh, Snowman in the Morning this morning with everything that's going on. I have uh, since made the decision that I know I've said this a couple times before. I know I've, I, I know I keep repeating it. I keep saying it out loud, but I haven't stuck with it because I love being out and about. I do. I love being out and about and doing this show, but uh, I think the time has come for me to really start working from home and really start working from my office. It's just a different vibe for me, and the vibe that makes it different is uh, I get a chance to get some downtime, and the thing with me is uh, especially coming off of a sur- coming off of a major surgery that I had a year ago. I, unfortunately, and, and I say unfortunately because I know it takes a lot of hard work uh, to achieve the goals that I want to achieve, it, it takes a lot of guts to have the, um, to, to have the, the, it takes a lot of guts to do what I want to do and um, achieve the goals that I want to achieve, but I haven't been doing it correctly. And the reason I haven't been doing it correctly is because I've been so hell-bent on, you know, going, going, gone into everything that I'm doing. I have not had a chance to rest. I mean, fully, fully rest. And that's on me. And I know that's on me. I realize that's on me. There's so much that I need to do, want to do, have to do, that everything has melded and mushed into that have to do and need to do that I haven't given my want to do any kind of uh, consideration. And I apologize for that. This is from the heart. I apologize for not being myself in full. And again, a lot of it's my fault because I thought, you know, I was doing good, you know, getting back on the air and everything like that. But at the same time, I have not been where I needed. I am not where I need to be. And as I said, as much as I love being out and about and being amongst people, because that was one of the things that I loved the most about doing the show when I was up in Terre Haute, uh, being among people, being among everybody, I have to put that on hold for the time being. And the reason I have to put that on hold for the time being is that there, there are times during the day I have to I have to get some downtime, and with the plans that I have, especially with the deal that we have for CSTV, and we're doing the paperwork for that, 
and getting all that together because officially on Monday, officially on Monday, is where everything is ready to go and ready to take off and um, ready to go ready to go from there. Um, this is this is the time to get everything together, sound wise, video wise, uh, especially with the green screen backdrop that I do uh, in my home office, and you know, just have just have everything together, have it situated, especially with the station that I'm creating, the network that I'm creating, and just just having it all, just just having it all there, just have just just having it all there. Uh, we're gonna take a break. We're still waiting for. Uh, Mike DeBake to come back to us so we can talk some more NFL draft. This is the Friday edition of the Bryant Snow Show. We're back in a minute. The original Think Drink is back. Level up with proven ingredients formulated to crush your competition. No gimmicks, no jitters, no messing around. Just high potency results that keep you moving day or night. There's a new nerd in town, and we came to play. Nerd Focus, smarter than energy. So this thing called... So this thing called sports, it has fans again, it has full stadiums, full arenas, and more. And you want to be a part of it, don't you? Of course you do. If you begin to scour the resale market, there will be tickets available. And what you need to get those tickets that you want so badly is SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the app available to you that lends a hand in helping you get the tickets that you want for the events that you want. SeatGeek rates the tickets on a 1 to 10 scale, and the best part is the tickets are vetted for authenticity so you know what you are getting and you know you are not getting scammed. And now you can save even more by using the code SNOWMAN and getting 20 bucks off with your very first purchase. Yes, you can do all of that with the power of SeatGeek, helping you get to the games that you want so you fans can fan. So let's all fan. Atlanta Falcons pick eighth in the NFL draft on Thursday, and there are a lot of questions. I uh, we mentioned there is a lot of questions surrounding the um, Indianapolis Colts. There's a lot surrounding the San Francisco 49ers, but there's a lot more questions surrounding the Atlanta Falcons. And the biggest question that surrounds the Atlanta Falcons right now: Who gets the keys to run the offense? Is it? Uh, is it Taylor Heineke? Is it Desmond Ritter? Who do you do? What do you do? What do you do with that with that position? And it's so much of a key to find out which way you need to go. Well, for me, and I mean this, for for me, you gotta go with Desmond Ritter. You gotta go with I really feel you gotta go with Desmond Ritter. As your as your quarterback, because you want to have. Well, let me say this first. Taylor Heineke is good. He was good as a starter with the Washington Redskins, but be that as it, but be that as it may, um, I don't know if Heineke a was given a good. What was given a good chance in Washington with the Redskins? B, he didn't have the um, he he didn't have the uh, the offensive line around him that needed to protect him, and yet he led them to damn near a win against uh, uh, against Tampa Bay a couple years in the playoffs. But I think you got to give Desmond Ritter the you got to give Des, Desmond Ritter the keys. This is just my opinion because you spent a lot of ca- you you spent a lot of capital and you took a tremendous uh, tremendous chance on a kid that you think could run your offense for the longest time. 
I think Ritter should get the keys as quarterback. But the other thing you have to uh, worry about who's going to get the who's going to get the call at the running back position. You know, I talk a lot about offenses, and that's a that's a key problem you have to solve because you don't want Ritter throwing the ball forty five times game unless you know he's going to throw it to Kyle Pitts for thirty of those times. But it's something they that but it's something they have to answer now to answer the draft question. For the Atlanta Falcons, which way do they go? I think they have to go to uh, I think they have to go offensive line. You know, that's what I think for a lot of the teams in uh, the upper part of the draft because a lot of their offenses failed throughout the course of the year. Eric Kwan joining us here. Eric, where are you uh, signing in from so I can give you a proper shout out? Where does Will Anderson fall to? You know, that's a hell of a question. Will Anderson, the outstanding linebacker, the all-everything to for, uh, for Alabama. I beg your pardon. Where does he where does he fall? Where does he fall? You know, as strange as this sounds, and I know this is going to sound completely strange, Eric, to answer your question, I believe he falls to the Chicago Bears. Because they were going, if they didn't trade out of the number one pick, they were going to select him with the number one pick, which would have been a tremendous mistake. Now, the Bears need help on offense and defense. And again, I go back to the point. They need to get an offensive line. Because as my buddy Victor says best, you had nothing but 300-pound mannequins in front of Justin Fields. And if you don't protect Justin Fields, then Justin Fields is going to be running for his life again, and he's going to be running out of Chicago. He's going to be running clear out of Chicago. And I got a note here in front of me. I want to apologize to everyone. Uh, we have had uh, technical difficulties with Mike debate this afternoon. And I do not want anyone to think that we're not going to bring him back. He's trying to, he is, is uh, trying to reconnect, which uh, led to me saying why I'm going to be doing the show from home to really give a good presentation. But ever to answer your question, I think he falls to nine. And I think he falls to the Chicago Bears, which was the original speculative pick of the Bears fans anyway. And I say the fans and not the experts because the experts are now thinking thinking defense and not offense and not offensive line, uh, especially. Eric Wan says, I'm in Los Angeles currently. Okay, Eric, good to have you aboard. Eric, who's your team? And I will answer uh, the Hawk TV's comment. Heineke will be a backup. I think he always will be a backup. Heine, uh, Hawk TV coming to, us, coming to us from the Washington, D.C. area. I think he always will be a backup. I mean, I love Heineke and how gutsy he was in uh, playing with the Redskins, but he was signed as the – he was signed as a backup, and Desmond Ritter, I believe, should get the keys, and I believe will get the keys – to that offense. So to answer to answer that question, Heineke is going to be a backup. And to answer my own question, Desmond Ritter should be the starting quarterback in uh, should be the starting quarterback. Las Vegas Raiders at seven. Which way to that which way do the Raiders go? Eric, let me get your thoughts. Which way do the Raiders go? Do they go offense? Do they go, do they go defense? Because they need help all over the place. They need help all over the place. And I have a strange, strange answer. I say it's strange because it is so off the board. But I think the Raiders should go for, for a tight end. And I have the best tight end that's not going to be in the top part of the draft for them. If you look at South Dakota State, especially, especially now when you got Jimmy Garoppolo there as your quarterback, if you look at South Dakota State, there's a fellow by the name of Tucker Craft that needs to be looked at because Tucker Craft is a version of Dallas Goddard. And Dallas Goddard 
has become very, very valuable with the Philadelphia Eagles just as he was at uh, South Dakota State. So you have to look, they have to look at a tight end, because, especially when they uh, lose the tight end, when they trade a tight end by uh, the caliber of one Darren Waller. Other prob the only problem with that is Waller's injuries. How is he going to hold up? Keep the questions coming, folks. We've got about nine minutes left before we sign off for the afternoon. And Eric Kwan says, I will want them to take a cornerback or move up to quarterback because of Jimmy G's durability. I agree. I totally agree with that. But who's the cornerback that they should take in this draft? This is why, and I'll explain again why I'm thinking tight end with the Raiders. Tucker Craft is the guy. Tucker Craft, I think, is the best tight end, the best underrated tight end in this draft. Because Tucker Craft, as I stated a moment ago, reminds me so much of one Dallas Goddard. And Dallas Goddard has proven to be a great asset for Philadelphia were it not for his injury problems. And they're looking to solve they're looking to solve those problems. I think Tucker Craft would be the best pick for them. I am not sure on which corner cornerback would be would be the best for the Raiders because that entire secondary needs to be overhauled. That entire secondary for the Las Vegas Raiders needs to be overhauled, and here is why I say such things. The Raiders got torched. They got absolutely torched with big play after big play after big play. Whether it be the game against New England, whether it be a game against San Francisco, whether it be the game uh, against Seattle or against uh, San Diego, a.k.a. the Los Angeles Chargers. The secondary got absolutely scorched in more ways than one. The secondary got absolutely scorched. And that back end is something that the Raiders really need to protect. And that back end is something the, Ra the Raiders really need to get some depth at because when you only have one or two cornerbacks that are consistent enough in trying to stop whatever needs to be stopped, especially plays over the top, that's where the Raiders got burned the most. They got plays and they got burned, I beg your pardon, in plays over the top. But it's really going to depend on which way the, Ra the Raiders want to go. Eric, let me ask you a question if you're still with me. Which cornerback do you think they should take? Who would be the best fit? And let me ask this about uh, the folks in the chat. Who would be who would be your your pick for your team? The Hawk TV from DC. So many have you heard about Gamble Gate 2.0? Five NFL players have been reprimanded for their involvement, one of which plays for Washington. I just got that news. So I'm going to hit that really quick before we get on out of here. Let me thank Mike DeBate for coming on. Let me thank Hawk TV and Eric Kwan and those of you that uh, um, that have really that have really helped us here on this show. But why are so many players? Are, why are, why are so many players? You know. Gambling. You're getting paid anyway. You're getting paid to play the game. You're getting paid to you're getting paid to play the game. Hawk TV asks, would you call would you call an audible and update on Washington's draft plans? I don't know. I don't know. Devon Witherspoon, but I believe the Lions would take him at six. I believe that also. I believe that also. If the defense where the Lions want where the Lions want to build, they want to they want to build that defense. And considering how the Lions finished their season last year, especially 
knocking Green Bay out of the playoffs, their hated, hated rival. After knocking Green Bay out of the playoffs, man, they're playing with a lot of confidence. The Lions are. And they should have that confidence coming into this coming into this season. And I believe, just as Victor does, the Lions should be the team to watch in the NFC Central Division, a.k.a. the NFC North. Uh, Ryan McCarthy joining us from Saratoga, Saratoga, New York. I'm hoping Pete Skaronsky falls to 13 for the Jets. Mr. McCarthy, I love you dearly, but good luck with that. Good luck, good luck with that. I think Skaronsky is going to be gone before he gets to before he gets to 13. Uh, Hawk TV, if you haven't subscribed, please do so. We talk about sports and life on a daily basis. Yes, we do. And speaking of life, <clears throat> I leave y'all with this to close out the week and to. Get ready for a brand new week and get ready for a brand new presentation of the Brian Snow Show. And thank you again to Mike DeBate for giving us a hand here uh, this uh, this afternoon. Going to have going to have them all, all next week to talk all things and everything NFL draft. I need a favor from those of you that are watching via CSTV, and for those of you. What uh, for those of you watching via YouTube as well? As a fellow like Liam Hendricks that I talked about this morning that has survived cancer, my wife Jody and I need your help because we are trying to get to our next stop. And with Jody, the only one working in the household. And me being uh, permanently disabled, even though I have survived cancer, I'm being told no by a lot of people and being told no by a lot of jobs that I've applied for. So I figure, screw it. They're going to do that. I'm going to do this. What you see on your screen is the address, is the official address, email, uh, the official a uh, web address for my GoFundMe page as we're trying to uh, raise up a lot of money in a short amount of time so we can get to our next level and uh, get back to life. And we've had some people donate already. It is very much appreciated, but uh, we're going to need some more. So if you all can, go to GoFundMe, gofund.me slash e283 E211. That's E283 E211. And I want to thank y'all for the donations that have been made and the ones that are going to be made. My time is up. I'm going to get out of here. Let me get a couple more comments in uh, before, before we take off. Last one comes from Eric Kwan. Christian Gonzalez would not be bad also at cornerback. Where do you think Christian Gonzalez would go? That is... Excuse me, that is the question. Where would Christian Gonzalez fall? Well, we're going to answer all those questions next Thursday night. And if you watch uh, next third and if you watch next Thursday night, all those questions will be answered, especially in the first round, because I will be doing a live draft. I will be doing live draft coverage of every pick. In the first round, and basically setting up for draft weekend to cover the draft all the way through, maybe mix in a little play-by-play -play coverage of baseball, maybe mix in a little play-by-play -play coverage of basketball. Next week is going to be busy, very, very busy for me. And I want y'all to keep up with us here at Snowman Multimedia. I want to say thank you to everyone that has tuned in today even with the problems that we have gonna fix all that gonna come back to you monday with some more stuff and when i say more stuff i mean just that thank you all for joining us i really really appreciate it god bless y'all i am out of here and i will see y'all from my office on monday
God bless y'all, and so long, everybody. for tuning into the Brian Snow Show, where sports is the base, life and fun are the results. Oh, 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 oh,